Greetings Church. The holiday season is nearly upon us and it's no better time than to invite you to the Camry Municipal Band upcoming holiday concert. It will be December 8th. The concert begins at 3 o'clock and we're hosting it here at Cameron United Methodist Church. What better way to welcome the community and cheer in the season than to provide hospitality for this event. If you're willing to bake cookies or other uh, treats for this concert or just serve as part of a welcoming committee, please write that on your uh, insert in your bulletin and let us know. Pastor Dan and Kobe and Don are more than happy to visit with you about it, as am I. Uh, but please join us on December 8th at 3 p.m. You'll love it. Question. How long has it been since you invited someone to church? A week ago? A month ago? Longer? A recent study shows that 47% of Americans say they would attend church if someone would just invite them. The election should be decided within the next two weeks. Keep it here on Channel 5. We will keep you up to date, where our news is always live, local, and leg-breaking. And now let's go to the weather with Chip Chipperson. Chip. Please tell us you've got some good news for us. We do have some good news, Hank. We have a jet stream that's reached all the way up to Canada, and it's pushed its way all the way back to us, which means we have some great weather over the next few days. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I've got some other good news for you, too, Hank. Nope. What's that? The good news of the gospel. Want to come to church with me? Well, um, that is... Um Always good to get good news, and that weather is fantastic news. Thank you, Chip. Hank, you're avoiding the subject. What do you have to lose besides your pagan lifestyle? Oh, uh, in our, our next story, it seems that a, uh, a, lo a local man has uh, found a litter of puppies and is looking for a home for them. It's time for you to come on home too, Hank. Home to the house of the Lord.
I never thought of that. Wow, now I need to talk quiet again. Uh, let us be reminded not only of Christ's presence with us, uh, but of the presence of the saints that surround us um, and encourage us um, and have encouraged us in and through their lives as we join together on this day. And we are reminded of Christ's presence with us this day. Let us stand as the light of Christ comes forward this day. And now, let us come in anticipation and expectation of encountering the risen Christ. Let us come for the purposes of connecting with God and each other, allowing the Spirit to work deep within us to continue to shape us, that we might grow in that relationship with God and each other, so that we might go forth empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit to make a difference in the lives of other people. Let us join our voices together this day as we sing the church's one foundation.
you may be seated. And um, I'm going to invite Kiki to come forward. As part of this worship service, the Stephen ministers are helping in leading, and um, Kiki is just going to um, remind us what the different colors of candles um, indicate for us. And so I just invite you to open up your hearts as she shares. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world of darkness we all experience when death comes. The Christ candle reminds us of Christ's presence daily in our lives. The brown candle represents grief. The Apostle Paul tells us that grief is always natural and normal after we lose a loved one. But the Apostle goes on to say, we do not grieve as the world does. For in Christ, to whom we turn, we have assurance of his continual presence. The orange candle represents courage. Because of their courage and God's grace, each was able to face the uncertainties of the future and make the most of life. They now have finished their race. Their courage can become a means of encouragement for ourselves. The red candle represents love. Love is the greatest gift one can give or receive in this life. That gift of commitment, kindness, patience, forgiveness, and acceptance is the foundation of the life you've had with your loved one. The yellow candle represents hope. Because we know Christ conquered death by his death and resurrection, we have the assurance of death that we will enter at, I'm sorry. We have the assurance that after death we will enter in the to the presence of Christ. We know we will spend eternity with him. That is beyond the, the best we can imagine in this life. The green candle represents faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Though we do not see God, we know that God is ever-present and providing the grace needed daily. Knowing all God's promises are true provides the ability to walk with him in faith with the assurance of the life to come. The multicolored candle represents memories. This candle is made of different colors, which reminds us life has a wide variety of events, emotions, and experiences. The various colors speak of those in a way no one, co one color can. God uses our memories to help bring comfort and healing as we continue to live lives without our loved one. One of the things I invite you to do as we go to the Lord in prayer um, is to just take a moment to remember those who have made a difference in your life, not just family members, but other uh, saints who have made a difference in your life. I know for me, I am reminded on this day of a gentleman by the name of Connie Federal. Um, he was a gentleman that when I was about 10 years old and my family didn't go to church, I found myself in a uh, general Baptist church. Um, sitting alone, um, and this gentleman uh, came and sat next to me, and he sat next to me every Sunday when I showed up for worship. Um, he bought me a Bible with my name on it. One of the reasons that I am where I am today in my faith and in the kingdom of God is because of Connie Federal's faithfulness, and so I encourage all of us on this day to remember 
all of those whose faithfulness has brought us to the place where we are in our lives and our walk with Jesus this day. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we just thank you for your presence around us this day. We are so thankful for the faithful who you have led and guided who have gone before us. Those who have lived life well and have now passed through the doorway of death to be with you. We thank you for the difference that they have made and continue to make in our lives. And for that, we praise you and give thanksgiving. And Lord, as we remember those, as we remember those saints and loved ones who have gone before, may your Holy Spirit touch us and fill us so that we too may create a legacy that goes beyond our life here. As we seek to follow and listen to you, as we seek to reach out to others, so that they too may connect with you. Gracious God, on this Sunday, on this All Saints Sunday, may you pour out your spirit upon um, your people that we might go forth into the world to share the good news. God has broken into our world to bring healing, to bring hope, and to bring wholeness. Let us join our voices together in the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand and sing our praises to God this morning. <clears throat> Lord, I come, I confess, Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, is where you are. And where you are, Lord, I am free. Is Christ in me? And where you are, Lord, I am free. Oh. 
within me. Lord, I need you. So teach my song to rise to you When temptation comes my way When I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay When I cannot stand I fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need My righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this day. Thankful that we can come, be here in your presence, remembering those that have shaped our faith and trust in you so that now we can come and proclaim our faith and trust in you through song, through prayers just through our presence of being here. Let us feel your hand upon us. For those that have lost a loved one over this last year, I pray that your comfort, your peace would just fill them this morning. Let them know that you are with them, but remind them the church is with them as well. Be with us all, because we do need you so desperately. Build us up in our grief, in our brokenness, and all that we bring with us. Build us up that we may be your church for those to come to realize that they need you too. In Christ's name, amen. Kids, would you come up for the children's moment? Everyone else, don't sit down. Take a quick moment to greet someone around you. Find someone you haven't seen for a while, maybe someone you've never seen before, and say good morning. Number four. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right. So um, I wanted to come today and talk to you guys about what we can do when one of our friends is really sad. Um, sometimes somebody is sad and, and maybe you don't know exactly the right thing to say. What, do we, what, is, what are some of the things that you guys do whenever your friend is sad? What do you do, buddy? 
you what you tell your mom whenever you're sad that helps a lot doesn't it moms are pretty good at that and he goes to your room too sisters are pretty good at that too aren't they okay and what do you do Adeline you help someone whenever they're sad give them a hug sometimes that makes them feel better right well I have a book that um, that I found that I wanted to read to you guys because to me um, it kind of helps everyone understand whenever somebody's sad they don't all feel sad the same way they don't all want to do the same thing whenever they're sad so if Peyton would you mind holding this book for me because I don't know how to hold a book and a microphone and turn pages so. <laughs> so the book is called the rabbit listened All right, one day, Taylor decided to build something, something new and something special, something amazing. Taylor was so proud of what he had made. But then one day, out of nowhere, things came crashing down. The chicken was the first to notice. Cluck, cluck, cluck. What a shame. I'm so sorry, sorry, sorry this happened. Let's talk, talk, talk about it. Cluck, cluck. But Taylor didn't feel like talking, so the chicken left. Next came the bear. Urgh, how horrible. I bet you feel so angry. Let's shout about it. Come on. Urgh. The Taylor didn't feel like shouting, so the bear left. The elephant knew just what to do. Jump, da da, I can fix this. We just need to remember exactly the way things were. But Taylor didn't feel like remembering, so the elephant also left. One by one they came. The hyena, ha ha, let's laugh about it. The ostrich, gulp, let's hide and pretend nothing happened. The kangaroo, tisk tisk, what a mess. Let's just throw all this away. And the snake, let's go knock someone else's down. But Taylor didn't feel like doing anything with anybody. So eventually, they all left. They kind of look like they're mad too, don't they? And Taylor was all alone. In the quiet, Taylor didn't even notice the rabbit, but it moved closer and closer until Taylor could feel its warm body. Together they sat in silence until Taylor said, please stay with me. And the rabbit listened. And the rabbit listened as Taylor talked and the rabbit listened as Taylor shouted. And the rabbit listened as Taylor remembered and laughed. And the rabbit listened to Taylor's plans to hide and to throw everything away and then to ruin things for somebody else. And through it all, the rabbit never left. And when the time was right, the rabbit listened to Taylor plan, his, Taylor's plans to build again. I can't wait, Taylor said. It's going to be amazing. And so when I first saw this book, the first thing I thought about was the Stevens Ministers. And you guys might have heard them talking about that earlier today. Or you might have heard them talk about that in the past. So basically, what a Stevens minister does is they listen when somebody's sad. And I think that that's such a huge thing. Yes, sir. 
Yes. You just want to raise your hand. Okay. All right. That's fine. So I think that it's great whenever we can just be there to listen for whenever somebody's ready to move on to the next thing whenever they're sad. Because not everybody goes through being sad the same way. So let's, and then you guys, just like Stephen Ministers, can listen to other people. You guys can help by listening to people that you know who are sad. So let's pray. Just ready? Dear God, thank you for giving us people in our lives that can help us get through times when we are sad. Help us to know how to help others when they are sad. Amen.
I love that song. What a great reminder. God's mighty hand working in our lives, always with us, being with us, no matter where we are, no matter what's going on. Um, our scripture this morning uh, is in 2 Timothy. We've got just a few verses this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Paul writes, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. What a wonderful word from our God to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So this is uh, All Saints Sunday, and, uh, and Paul mentions in this text those who eagerly look forward to the return of Christ, which brings in the beginning of this new kingdom that he's got planned, right? There's this new heaven, this new earth, this new kingdom where we all will be together again forever and ever and ever in this wonderful kingdom, and he's talking about those uh, that there's this prize that for those that look forward to the coming of this kingdom. And, and in some fashion, I think we all look forward to that, right? We look forward to the day of no more tears, no more suffering and sorrow. Um, but part of that is we look forward, of course, to, to seeing Jesus, seeing God's face. What does God actually look like? And maybe seeing the scars that he took for us. Um, there's that other part, though that we recognize today, the, the part of looking forward to this eternal kingdom is being reunited with those that have gone on before us, right? And we look forward to, some of us, you know, when we talk about, oh, when we get to heaven, you know, I can't wait to see my grandparents again or parents again. Maybe some of you have lost children. Can't wait to see them again and be with them in the glory but All Saints Day is, is not just a time when we remember our loved ones and, and family that have passed on before us. It's a time that we remember those who have helped to raise us in our faith. Those that have helped to encourage us and build us up and to be witnesses to us to help us grow stronger in our faith so that we would be here this morning coming to worship God. That's part of, uh, it's interesting, this our baptismal vows that we have, that we make when we come and we make this commitment. We make a promise, we make a commitment to live our lives for God, accepting God's gifts of grace into our lives, and just we're going to live our lives fully for God. There's these vows that, that we take, vows that we make, that I'm making this vow to God today, but there's this cool part where the church makes vows also. There's a part where the, the pastor says to the church, Will you support and nurture this person in their faith? And the church says, by God's grace, we will. Yes, when you come and make that promise, make that commitment, then all of the church says, we're going to support this person. We're going to be there for them. We're going to be witnesses to them, be examples for them on what it means to live a life of faith so that they will remain faithful. So we, have, we all have these people that have helped raise us in our faith and now some have gone on before us. They've, they've finished the race, as Paul says. Whenever I think of uh, 
the saints of, in my life, the ones that have helped me. I'm always kind of taken back to whenever I was like seven, eight, nine years old. Uh, I went to this little country church outside of Bethany, Missouri. Um, if you know where Bethany and Ridgeway are, it's halfway between Bethany and Ridgeway on this gravel. You've got five miles of gravel no matter which direction you're going to get there. And so that's the church I grew up going to. And I remember there was these three or four pews of the old folks. They sat in these three or four pews. They all sat there. That's where their Sunday school class met before church. And when it came time for church, they just stayed right there. They were already in their pews. And so three or four pews of the old folks. And I, I mean, I can still picture them today. You know, the, the ladies had their hair all done up. It was probably in rollers all night long before, you know, and or maybe they went and saw Sue at the beauty shop and got their hair done, you know, got the perm with the big space helmet that you had to wear when you got the perms, if you remember those in the beauty shops. But the ladies were sitting there, and they all had their, their Sunday dresses on, had their hair all done up nice. The men were all farmers. I was thinking about this the other day. I think every man in the church was a farmer. And so their Sunday best was their best bib overalls that they had, the one without the rip pocket. And without the holes, that was their, their Sunday best, with a nice shirt and their big rugged hands holding the hymnal. Now kids, a hymnal is a book <laughs> with songs in it. Back in the day, we didn't have screens, we had hymnals. There's probably one under your, pew, under your chair. You'll have to check that out, it's pretty cool actually, a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but I remember these folks, I can picture them sitting there in the pew, but the cool thing is... I remember, I can still hear them singing. I remember it. And I can just, it's, it's in there. I can hear them right now singing out those hymns of praise, those hymns of glory, just singing and worshiping God as loud as they could. They all sang so loud, it was like they actually believed what they were singing. It's kind of cool. Um, not all of them had golden voices, there was one gentleman named Garland Simpson. I loved Garland so much. I didn't know him real well, but I loved him because I was telling somebody this the other day. I don't remember who I was talking to. Garland had a voice. If you can imagine Willie Nelson, but even more nasally than Willie Nelson, that's Garland Simpson's singing voice. And he sang out so loud. In fact, for a short time, he was our song leader at the church even. He didn't care what his voice sounded like. God gave him his voice. He's going to use that voice to praise God because Jesus has touched his life. God has moved in his life, and he's got this life of faith, and he wanted the whole world to know the light of the world is Jesus. And that's how he sang, almost exactly like that. So imagine that's your song leader on a Sunday morning. Now imagine you're about eight or nine years old, with an ornery sense of humor, and you're in the pew trying to sound like Garland Simpson, and your mom's smacking you, you've stopped that right now, right? And there's my childhood going to church, pretty much. <laughs> Might explain a lot for you this morning. Um, but I remember that, you know, and he sang out so loud, he didn't care what his voice sounded like. God gave him his voice, he's going to use that voice to worship God. And that spoke a lot to me because I don't have a voice. I'm not going on America's Got Talent anytime soon. But I'm going to sing out because it's the voice God gave me. And God wants to hear me sing, right? What a witness that was to me. 
My life may not be blessed like someone else's life is blessed. I may not have the gifts and talents other people have, but I have what God gave me, and I'm going to use that to worship God with all that I am. That spoke to me in so many different ways, and I love Garland for that, and I cherish that. Um, and maybe now I kind of look back the way he was our song leader and he sang so loud, maybe I realize now why the church sang so loud. They were trying to come up and balance out Garland's voice a little bit. But when I think back, I can just hear those songs kind of echoing through the years. It was just cool. I read this article this week. Um, this article says that on All Saints Day, we recognize we are part of a giant choir singing the same song. It is the song Jesus taught his disciples, a tune that has resonated for more than 2,000 years, a melody sung in glory and on the earth. Our great privilege is to add our voices to this chorus. Isn't that beautiful? To think about our faith as a song that is being sung through the generations, still with the saints in glory and with us here today, and somehow... Through the years, it resonated to a little country church outside of Bethany, and now still echoes through my life to those around me. I hope, right? I hope that somehow what they have, the faith they raised me in is now evident to those around me and having an effect on them, that, that my expressions of faith maybe are, are helping them through their times in their lives, leaving an, a lasting impression on how they can grow stronger in their faith. Maybe encouragement or strength, maybe uh, bringing joy and peace, or maybe challenging them to live more fully for God themselves. I hope somehow that this faith they raised me in is still evident in my life today to all of those around me. I think that's what Paul's really kind of trying to tell us, really in all of his writings. There's this theme through all of Paul's writings where he calls us to live a genuine life of faith. Paul certainly did. Later, right? The set when he became Paul, he certainly lived this genuine life of faith. It's documented through the, the New Testament and Acts and, and uh, his writings. One thing we learned through them is apparently Paul liked to sing hymns. There's a couple times in his letters where uh, Paul quotes something that's not Scripture, that's not Old Testament Scripture, and we're not real sure what it is, but most scholars believe it's probably a Christian hymn that they sang during the time of Paul. And so he's quoting some of their Christian hymns in his letters to the churches. There's a story in Acts chapter 16 that tells us that uh, Paul and Silas were in jail. Their feet were in chains. 16.25 says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas were, were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know what you do around midnight. I'm usually not singing hymns if I'm up at all at midnight. There was a time I used to be up at midnight regularly, and it wasn't hymns I was singing, but, you know, these days. Paul was up at midnight praying and singing hymns to God, but here's the best part of the verse, and the other prisoners were listening. That's pretty cool. The other prisoners were hearing them. There, there's these two guys that are in chains, they don't know what's waiting for them, what punishment, what, what judgment is going to be placed upon them. They have no idea 
but there they are in chains, in prison, singing praises to God. And the other prisoners are seeing this, and they're thinking either these two are completely out of their minds, or they actually believe this Jesus stuff. One of those two is going on here. I don't know how you picture the Apostle Paul, or if you've ever even thought about it. What does Paul look like? I, I do this sometimes. What did this person look like? What's that person? It helps me kind of imagine the stories of the Bible. And so I picture Paul as this, you know, this older gentleman, kind of hunched over, kind of hobbles as he walks. Because if you remember about Paul, he was left for dead one time. He had rocks thrown at his head. He was shipwrecked one time. I mean, he had a pretty rough go of things. So I, I picture this man that's been kind of beat up and, and having a rough time just getting around in his writings. Uh, it kind of seems like maybe he's losing his eyesight with some of the things he says. So here's this guy he can't hardly see, hobbling around, but he's still got a smile on his face, still singing hymns, still singing God's praises. You know, when I think of the saints of the church, I, I hope I'm like Garland Simpson, that no matter what, I have been given in this life that I turn it all back around and say, God, I'm going to use it to praise you and worship you. I hope I'm like Sue Bias, my Sunday school teacher when I was little. When my wife and I came back to church, I was around 30, 31, something like that, when we came back to church and Sue was still there, but she was battling cancer at this time. And the whole time she battled cancer, she was more of an encouragement to us than we ever were to her. I hope I'm like Sue Bias. I hope I'm like the Apostle Paul, you know, who says, my life has been poured out as an offering to God. All that I am, God, it's yours. All that I have is yours. Let me use it to glorify you. Let me use it in a way that speaks to other people and draws them closer to you. Every bit of who I am, God, let me make it about you. I hope I'm like that. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we could say, verse 7, at the end of our lives, if we could say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Wouldn't that be great if we could say that at the end of our lives? On Wednesday night uh, at our youth Bible study, um, we've been going through Ephesians, and I hope I'm helping them kind of learn how to read the Bible a little bit. You know, make note of this, underline that, circle that word because they might mean something, right? And one of the things we pointed out is when you hear a phrase repeated several times in a verse or in a group of, of verses, you should probably take note if there's a word or phrase repeated. The other night we were reading Ephesians uh, 4, where it says, uh, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one baptism, one God and Father of all. It's like, there's that word one. Why does it keep repeating that over and over? Maybe, maybe we should look into that a little bit. So there's some homework for you. Go read Ephesians 4, underline the word one, and then why does that repeat that over and over? And then report back. Let me know what you found out too, okay? That's homework. We won't talk about that right now. But Paul, he, re he repeats this phrase, I have, right? He says, I have fought, I have finished, I have remained faithful. And there's the life of a saint, right there. That, there's the key, there's the secret to it all. I have fought the fight daily, the daily struggle, the battle, the conflict that I face every single day can either make me angry or bitter or uncaring, 
can, uh, either I can allow the frustrations and the conflict I'm facing, let those define who I am, or I can fight the good fight, keeping hope, standing in trust of Jesus Christ. I can do one or the other, right? I can let that define me or I can let Jesus define me. And Paul says, like as he says in Philippians, the good fight, we rejoice always, right? In Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. Doggone it, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people. Remember that Christ is coming soon. Now that's the Kobe Pulse redneck translation. That's not in print yet. But he says that, rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, darn it, I'll say it again, rejoice. Because no matter what you're facing, Christ is coming soon. No matter what's going on, God has given you all you need. His grace is enough to face whatever you're facing right now to get you through this moment. Just have faith and trust in Him. Remain faithful through it all. In all of His letters, this is a theme that just echoes to us again and again and again. And it's echoed down through the years, through these songs that we sing and the saints that have come before us and raised us up so that now we can go be the saints, raising up more saints, right? Paul's witness to us is don't let your circumstances define who you are. Let Christ define who you are in your circumstances because the life of a saint is a life of hope. It's a life of trust in Christ. In Romans, Paul says, Paul beseeches us, which is fancy talk for he urges us, to live so faithful that our lives are an act of worship to God. Because it is in the frustrations where our witness is seen and heard. It's in the conflict. It's in the fight. That's where our Christian witness is seen. That's where it's heard. It's in the chains that hold our earthly bodies, whether it's addiction, whether it's depression, whether it's whatever that's trying to just take away the joy and peace that we have in Christ, whatever it is that tries to make us focus on this life and what I don't have, whatever it is that tries to hold me back, our voices can't be held back. There's no chain to hold back our voice. Paul says that it is in our less than perfect voices, it's in our sicknesses, it's in our pains and our sorrows where our faith, that's where our faith is seen and heard by the people around us. And the people see us singing God's praises, saying God's praises, still going to church when we don't feel like it, still coming and being a witness when everything else seems to be going wrong, still saying God is good. People either look at that and say they are either completely out of their minds or they actually believe this Jesus stuff. Either way, I kind of want whatever they got. And there's the life of a saint. Fight. Finish strong. Remain faithful through it all. Because it's in the fight that our faith becomes genuine faith. It becomes something to be seen. So fight the good fight. Keep hope. Keep faith in Jesus Christ. Finish strong. Remain faithful because... One day your race is going to end. And shortly after, there will be a church with a service like this. And there just may be someone who will come and say, 
I'm here today to light a candle in your name. Because of your witness and your faith has helped raise me in mine. Who will that be? Who's going to light a candle remembering you on All Saints Sunday? Saying the way you lived your life, the time you took to visit with them, to just be with them in their grieving and their sorrow, who's going to come and say, I remember the faith you had because it strengthened the faith I have? I encourage you to go be that Christian in this community and in the world around you. In Christ's name, amen. I love our uh, communion service on this day. Um, I've told this story before. I'll take just a second to tell share you this story. Um, so this is the Lord's table, and we are the family of God, right? We are God's family, and so this really, in a sense, is our family table. I love, uh, at our family table at home, we've all got our spot. Everybody got their place, right? You probably, at your homes, everybody's got their place. Don't you sit in my seat. That's my place, right? Maybe like church a little too much. That's my place. Don't sit. We've all got our place at the Lord's table. At our table, we've got our place. Well, my oldest son is at college, right? Well, just because his chair's empty, just because he's gone away, doesn't mean he's not still part of the family, right? At our family table of faith, just because they're gone away, doesn't mean they're not still part of the family. Amen? This morning as we celebrate this table, this meal that we have together as God's people, it's not just in communion with God and communion with one another. We're still in communion with those saints that have gone on before us. Praise God. Please join me in the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, our almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, God of the priests and the prophets, of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers, God of our fathers, God of our children and all generations. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and gave to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, O God, and he gave, gave to his disciples. And he said to them, 
take and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves, ourselves, our entire selves, all that we are, all that we have, we offer to God in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Now, let us remember our communion with all your saints, especially those whom we now name before you, O God. Polly Johnson. Frank Parker Jr. Ray Bennett. Mark Harrison. Dortha Hildebrand. Terry Dye. Penny McDowell. Dennis Brown, Sr. Dick 
Heisler. Henry Corneman. Melba Brown. Floyd Spidel. James Garner. Dr. Alan Buck. Joanne Scheidler. John Rogers. Virginia Schofield. Bill Bolton. Kevin Hurst. Dorothy Weber. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Father God, strengthen us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, Help us to finish strong. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Can we have our communion servers please come forward?
and the blood of Christ given for you. The body and the blood of Christ. Oh, we didn't get a big piece there. There you go. Given for you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. The body and blood of Christ given for you. Body and blood of Christ given for you. Body and blood of Christ given for you. The body and the blood of Christ given for you. The body and the blood of Christ given for you. The body and the blood of Christ given for you. blood of Christ given for you. Which one do you want? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, do you guys want to go back there? At the back, uh, there's other people up here? Yeah. Yes. And Richard and Nancy on the other side of you there. Yep. Okay. We're right, we're right, yeah, we'll wait right over here. Am I on? There I am. In our church, we believe that everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. We invite you to come. I want remind you that as you come forward, if you would like to bring your offerings and place them in the plates here or in the back, uh, please do so. After you come forward, if you'd like to take a moment at one of these tables and remember someone else, maybe that wasn't mentioned this morning, maybe that someone that you still remember that has passed away in other years past, those that have touched your life, shaped your life, those that you look forward to seeing in the glory, Take a moment that at the other tables and light a candle in their memory. We invite you to come.
Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the men and the women that you have brought into our lives, that have helped shape us into who we are for you in this world. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to be strong. Whatever we face, whatever that life throws at us, wherever we find ourselves, let us first look to you and only to you that we would respond in faith, sing our songs of praise, and be a shining witness for those that are still growing in their faith. That perhaps they would see something that looks completely absurd, but say, I want the faith that they have. I want the joy, the peace, the love, the hope, the assurance that they have that there is something bigger than this, and turn to you. Fill us with faith, fill us with hope, fill us with your holy presence that we would go be saints in the community around us, building saints for the future. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Uh, let's all join in our departing song.